up, fantasy champions? Spotlight Sports Network is excited to tell you about an amazing deal from Thrive Fantasy, your place for daily fantasy sports and esports. Right now, with promo code SS Network, Thrive Fantasy will match up to $50 of your first deposit. So go to ThriveFantasy.com and sign up now with promo code SS Network. That's ThriveFantasy.com, promo code SS Network. Are you a fan of the Golden Knights? Do you love the Los Angeles Chargers? Well then my friends, you're in the right place. This is the Snake Sports Talk Show with your host, Jake the Snake Silver. Brought to you by the Spotlight Sports Network. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again, and we are fresh and ready on a Monday. This is the Snake Sports Talk Show, wherever and however you may be watching and listening to me. We are live on all social media platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And you can also follow me on Instagram as well. Like, subscribe, and hit the bell button for all latest notifications on all episodes, both past and new. And also keep yourselves up to date because we've got 15% off on all merchandises as well uh, for this week. So starting now all the way through the 23rd, all of our merchandises are 15% off, and that also includes the shipping. So get yourselves geared up for your favorite show on the network and your favorite network as well that's got you covered in all sports. So go online to SpotlightSportsNetwork.com and enter the promo or enter in the uh, the merchandise section powered by Spreadshirt. <laughs> What's going on? I, I we got everybody all in here up and into the chats. Um and um we got everybody I90 Sports Talk. You guys can definitely check it out as of course during the weeks you've got Bobby from Beantown Breakdown and of course our very own JD from JD Rants that also have started the I90 Sports uh talk show. So definitely check them out at I90 Sports Talk. Coach Dante Will, what's going on? What's going on case by case as well? And Greg, uh, John, case by case sports show, uh, sports show. Dude, that's got you covered in all sports of the Denver Broncos, Seattle Kraken, and the San Francisco Giants all season long. So um, I'll tell you one thing, though, guys. I'm very excited about this week because not just today, but tomorrow. It's going to be a two-hour event. You guys do not want to end up missing that. But it is the celebration, and it's the 100th episode of the snake sports talk show. So I'm going to be sending out a lot of invites to a lot of really good people of mine, um, have a one hour celebration reminiscing of a lot of really good hot takes and, uh, past episodes that we've done here on the snake sports talk show. Uh, but it's been a long grind, something that's started as a small page on Instagram and made it this far into live streaming, into broadcasting. And of course, 
uh, podcasting as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Going to be an awful lot of fun. So we have one hour, and then, of course, the next hour, that's where I'll be doing the segments and everything else as well to get you guys get uh, set up. So I want to talk about last night in Sunday night's game between Kansas City and Baltimore. So what a game that it was for Lamar Jackson. And I said this. This was a golden moment for the Ravens and Lamar. The fact of the matter is, is that everybody referred, reverts to a lot of things, which I already I already know. Lamar Jackson was 30-5 and five out of everyone else in the NFL and is 0-3 against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So it was a golden moment for him at home in M&T Bank Stadium. And a lot of this is because part of it, you can't get past Kansas City's offense, no matter how hard you try. You also have a Baltimore team that has been brittled with injuries. Injuries in the backfield, injuries from the secondaries, and even injuries from a couple of offensive and key, uh, and key defensive players on their lines. So Baltimore's playing with whatever they got. But last night's game, here's the thing about why I like, this is why that I like certain comeback stories. Because one, Lamar Jackson everybody knows, can be predictable at times when he doesn't have a lead. you got to give Lamar Jackson a lead to be productive. And you cannot, against Kansas City, give them open opportunities for their offense to score. It's a double-edged sword on both ends. But last night was an absolute testament to what Lamar Jackson could do with the adversities. And he said it last week. He's not hindering off the loss against the Raiders. He's more worried about facing Kansas City more than anything. And they got the job done. It went all the way to where Kansas City was striking. Then Baltimore had to follow up on a couple of other plays. And it was that moment in the fourth quarter what changed everything. Because Lamar and John Harbaugh, this is what's unique. John Harbaugh calls one of the gutsiest plays, but trusts his quarterback. And the one thing that was significant was he asked Lamar on the sidelines, do you want to go for it? That's trusting in your quarterback. That's trusting in everything that you have in that one moment. And they executed. What's going on, Jack? What's happening? So all of this happening with the adversities of injuries, with the 0-3 records, Lamar Jackson got it done. Got the job done. Baltimore takes the win at home. And for Kansas City, I mean, they're going to get themselves prepared. But here's one thing to realize about Kansas City this year. Offense, I already know what I'm getting. I could care less. They are very predictable at defense. And I've said it over and over again in the last couple of years. This is a Oklahoma-type team. Superior on offense with Andy Reid, but is absolutely predictable on defense. I mean, they hold a lot of accounts to themselves. In the last, game, in the last couple games, this is two weeks combined. They gave up 36 points to Baltimore and to Lamar Jackson, and they gave up 29 to Baker Mayfield and the Browns. This defense is exposed. 
This is with Chris Jones. This is with Tyron Matthew. And all in all, the only thing that what the Chiefs have to realize is, is that they have to strengthen everything down on every play defensively. They cannot give up big-time plays, and you saw that against Lamar. This is why it was such a golden moment for the Baltimore Ravens, made the defense look predictable, but that's where they have to straighten themselves up. But in that gist of the moment, this is why you cannot play conservative at all in the NFL. You've got to take risks. You've got to trust your team, trust your players, trust trust your process. But in that significant moment, that is why it's such a unique relationship with John Harbaugh and his quarterback, Lamar. Because Lamar does anything that he can to get past these adversities, to get past these humps. And he did that last night. I thought it was such a great game. And I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. But what's going on, Jeff Davis? Welcoming you guys. I appreciate all the subscriptions. And of course, I also do appreciate you as your first timers coming on into the show. So I want to talk about what happened in that. Um, I want to talk about what happened in that Dallas and Chargers game. Because it has been spiraling everywhere. And here's the one thing. Is that, you know, I've started to kind of grown tired of reckless. You know, I've started to kind of grown tired of a little bit of certain aggressions. You got to be aggressive in certain places, but sometimes egos do get the best of you. It really, really does. So here's the thing. Dallas is so predictable. I've been saying this over and over again. And by the way, shout out to one of our really good podcasters um, that covers up on the Dallas Cowboys, Law Nation. Great guy. I went and uh, collaborated with him uh, just the past week. And it was actually a lot of fun. Knows a lot about Dallas. Not somebody that's completely homer and biased, but one that really does see the outcome of every game. But Dallas last week, before going into week two, Scored twenty, scored at the very least twenty nine against Baltimore or against um, Tampa Bay, and Dak looked really good. Dak this week had no passing touchdowns, one interception, but was playing to certain efficiencies. The only thing is that Dallas, their biggest, their biggest hits were big-time defensive stops, interceptions, and the run game. Those were the three components that worked for them. But this was a game blown out of proportion because the Chargers... Listen, the biggest headliner was not the Cowboys winning. It was the Chargers losing the way they did. If you looked at this game, 20 penalties altogether from... Two teams, eight for Dallas, 20 for, or eight for Dallas, 12 for the Chargers. And altogether, that's over 200 yards pulled back. That's, uh, that's amongst both teams. But the Chargers had 12 penalties for about 100 yards, two of which took their touchdowns away. And all of this is false starts, holds, taunts. And then at the same time, I have never in my life have seen a horrible call than the one on the grasp, which is ridiculous. 
But Dallas did the one thing right, and that was playing clutch defense when they knew they needed it. Micah Parsons was a problem. And this is without Brian Balaga, their big-time right tackle, who was not there in the game. Storm Norton had to come in, and there were a couple of blown like blown uh, cues. So at the end of it, the offensive line did not look like their best. But regardless of it, you watched it all through and through. Justin Herbert was doing whatever it took, making big plays, but then what's, what kind of hit them and shot them in the foot was the fact that they ended up making more and more penalties that pulled them back twice. Two touchdown situations pulled away. If that didn't happen, this is why that I predicted the game. It was going to go 28-24 because you're talking about two loaded offenses. Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Zeke, and Tony Pollard. And then you have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh uh, Josh Palmer, uh, Austin Eckler, and Larry Roundtree. These are stacked offenses. Both of them are. Dallas, you know I don't trust the secondary except for Trayvon Diggs, who got a pick. And then Micah Parsons looked like an absolute problem when it came to he bust through the line, providing quarterback pressures, and providing all he could to stopping Justin Herbert, which is very tough to do. But the Chargers defensively also played in their game. They limited Dak Prescott to 17 points. They limited D- Dallas to 17 points until the game-winning field goal when it mattered most. But the Chargers could have easily gotten themselves out of this situation had they been buttoned up, had they been playing better, and that's the case. And listen, I am not saying this as one basically because I never show my I never show like my I, I never really show my fandom on my show. That is never the rule. The rule is you don't throw out your fandom. I'm a Chargers fan, die hard till since I was seven years old. I love this team. I absolutely do. But the reason that I say this is because when you watch a football game, the best teams are always the ones who button themselves up, regardless of everything that's happening around them. Terrible calls, uh, blown miscues, guys not executing the roles. Those are where the best teams went. Tom Brady had to execute every single obstacle that was thrown in front of him when he was in New England. Patrick Mahomes did whatever it took to get himself downfield, but the rest of the team could not execute. But it's what separates the men's from the boys. I know it's the second game with Brandon Staley, but they limited them to 17 points. And this is the funny stat. The Chargers have scored 37 points and have only given up 36. They're amongst the fewest right now in the NFL as far as points allowed. That's in two games because they limited Washington to 16. They limited Dallas to at least 17 at the time and then to 20. But at the same time, they got to get the offense going. You cannot be in a position where everyone now starts to cause cause penalties. Nobody is disciplined. And that's what shot them in the foot. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that. Every team... I guarantee you, everybody in this chat all knows this. When you have your teams and you see performances like that, you'd feel the same, regardless of officiating. I don't want to hear about the stuff about horror, like one horrid call, because at the end of it, 
You can't take it back. It sucks. It's hard. But you have to stay focused. You have to stay confident. But in that game, 12 penalties is unacceptable. It kills teams. Think about it. You watch it in hockey. You have a one single player, impactful player, who gets hit with a bunch of penalty calls, and then those calls turn into goals given up. It's excruciating. But that is where you have to put your foot down. You have to stay confident. Otherwise, your ego gets blown out of proportion, and that's where you start to break down. So it wasn't really necessarily Cowboys winning this game. It was the Chargers coughing up this entire game, which anybody will tell you that this team is the most cursed team than, listen, more than the Raiders, even though that the Raiders, of course, the NFL always has a target on them, but they always find a way to pan through. Um, more than, <laughs> you can't, like, that's the thing. Chargers have been cursed with a lot of things for years. And everyone gets excited about it because maybe, just maybe, this will be the time that they actually overcome these adversities. But until then, you can't play like that against Kansas City. You cannot play like that against um, Cleveland. You can't play like this, you know, against top-tier teams. You can't even play against that uh, that against Tampa Bay. So they got to button themselves up. They got to end up, you know, making something happen. Um, but that's how I felt about, about that game yesterday. Because all the other games I knew were predictable. And it, 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 I knew what I was getting out of all of them, but nothing like this. It felt like it was completely out of blown out of proportion and they were just not focused. Um, Jack Kenna had a uh, question for me as a Chargers fan. How do you feel about Gus Bradley and the linebackers and DBs uh, DB coaches going to the Chargers? Honestly, I mean, that's a, that's a newly reshaped um, Raiders defense, which, you know, again, it's, it's two weeks. Anything could happen at this point. They've given up. They've given up points to Baltimore, and then they ended up giving up points to uh, to Pittsburgh. But here's the thing, though. There's a lot that I can tell you uh, as the show itself goes on. But to me, I mean, this is a newly reshaped defense. It looks really good on the line. Um, there's still a couple of questions I have in the secondaries, but they're only going to get better week in, week out. But even so, the linebackers, same thing. But I, I do think that this is a much better defensive core than I think we've seen since Paul Gunther's been there in all honesty. I, I think this is much better. It's buttoned up and people know exactly what their roles are and they know what to execute. So that's how I feel about the Raiders defense. But again, anything could really happen. So a lot of things can change over the weeks, but we'll see what happens if they keep their consistency, which exactly was a really good win uh, this past week against Baltimore or against uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, coming up next, two teams in particular that are just on the wire. One of them is a very smart franchise. They're just getting snake bit with one position. And the other, they have all the guys, but now they don't know what to do with themselves. I'll explain those teams and their situations coming up next because this is very important with either of them. But um, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, I, I really do love it. I really do love it. I, I think that the Chargers defense is really, really good. I think they've they've really 
they really maintained it. I mean, think about it. If they did not play the way that they did, where they gave up that field goal in the end, they limited that offense to 17 points, and then they limited uh, Washington to 16, which has been a much bigger uh, improvement than I think I've seen. So it's still early. There's still a lot of things that I can predict about it later on, but I love what this Chargers defense has been doing so far in the span of two weeks, but they've only, they got to get better on that run defense. The run defense has been killing them in the last two weeks. So hopefully they straighten themselves out. They start to, you know, build up a wall for that, for that run, for that rushing offense to not pass through. So um, also as well, going to be having my quick, my quick picks or my, um, my quick caps for everyone in every one of the games in the NFL for week two. It's my brand new segment that I always have done, or I, I it's a brand new segment I introduced from last week. So we did week one. Now we're going to be getting ready for week two um, as we're getting closer to uh, getting geared up for week three. So all of that coming up next. All right. So uh, for all of you fantasy football fans up out there far and wide coast to coast, you guys love watching. Um, you guys love playing fantasy play, whether it's football or any other sport. And you guys also love winning cold, hard cash. Well, there is one place that you can do all of that. It's called Thrive Fantasy. And Thrive Fantasy, you can go online or download on your mobile device through Google Play and the App Store. There's so much to play around. And not to mention, too, we don't forget about our hardcore gamers out there when it comes to esports. There's also that involved. And because of the new NFL season, there's so many different prizes to win, and there's so many different places to choose from to get yourselves geared up and win cold, hard cash. Now, when you do sign up for your first time, there's also a $20 deposit involved using promo code SS Network. As you do this, Thrive Fantasy will match it to 50 bucks in, or to 50 bucks in your $20 deposit. Um, there's a lot of really good stuff. Sounds like a bargain deal, and that's one that's going to give you more fun and more chances to win. So go online to thrivefantasy.com, enter promo code SS Network for the $50 match. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SS Network for the $50 uh, deposit match. Welcome to the My City, My Game Pop Show featuring Raider J77, your place for all things Raiders and all things Trailblazers. Brought to you by the Spotlight Sports Network. Make sure you like, subscribe, and hit the bell for notifications. Now let's go. Once a Raider breath, always a Raider breath. Shit, simple as that. You look still been black. A lot of red invested in that old line. Car insurance cost the arm and the leg to reach that goal line. It's go
Like I said, for everybody, 15% off right now online at the spotlightsportsnetwork.com on the merchandise section powered by Spreadshirt. 15% off from now until the 23rd. Get yourselves geared up. Hats, hoodies, t-shirts, and so much more here on the spotlightsportsnetwork.com. So, um, yeah, like I said, it was quite the uh, quite the interesting yet crazy week. Um, and at the end of it, and just to just to basically to uh, answer Jack uh, Kenna's question from here, um, I was really impressed with Mike Williams on the offense. I think he's been really really good uh, through and through. Uh, and this has been his step up year this year. This is his time to shine. This is his time to really start to get serious and really start to be impactful for the offense, knowing that they picked up Joshua Palmer out of the draft out of Tennessee. So he needed some big-time help from there. And then, of course, on defense, I love watching Asante Samuel Jr., guy that he, he got his first pick um, yesterday against Dak. So I was very happy about that, and I think he does have a really bright future uh, moving forward. So, um, so two things. You know, and again, reverting back to what I was saying before is there is a time that I can be very tolerant when it comes to recklessness. I do. Because first of all, there are certain levels of reckless that I can tolerate. But then there's times where you get overly reckless and kind of puts you into bad positions. I mean, I would hope I don't have anybody that's like superly reckless in this chat because uh you know i i i I would never hope i would never hope on that for anybody at all but but i do get it it's it's kind of like an aggressive thing you're an aggressive player you're either are an aggressive person when it comes to businesses when it comes to you have a focus you have a direction and you're shooting for it whatever the case may be but every single one of them has a plan so um two teams like i mentioned here earlier Let's start with the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins got their tires kicked yesterday. But all in all in this, this is a really good football team. They have a really good defense. Brian Flores is a very smart coach. And at the same time, they've got a really good uh, wide receiver core with Will Fuller, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Parker, and Miles Gaskin. The only part that they are lacking and missing is quarterback. And it showed you what happened yesterday with Tua. And Tua got hurt. Right now, Miami is just panicking because they do not have a special type quarterback. And here's what's interesting about this. Think back to the 2020 draft. Okay. All the quarterback classes. Joe Burrow, Tua, Justin Herbert, and and, and that was those were the top quarterbacks in that class. And what's funny about this is because Miami was the number five pick. They had Justin Herbert in their, in their sights. But you know what's funny about that is, is that they never took a risk at Justin Herbert. And the Dolphins last year had Ryan Fitzpatrick. They thought they found their mojo. They thought they found their confidence and then got benched several times along with Tua. And they were absolutely confused. Because all this talk about tanking for Tua, it's Tua season. But here's the reality about Tua Tagovailoa. He has not recovered well since that hip injury. He's become injury prone. And he's become a guy that doesn't like to make mistakes, which is fine as a quarterback. 
because you've got to execute your plays. You've got to execute your roles. But at the same time, if you're overly careful when it comes to making mistakes and you don't take a whole lot of risks, it kind of says a lot about your aggression level as far as winning games. They're not going to win games when you're facing Josh Allen in Buffalo twice a year. Tough defense, tough offense. Brian Dable absolutely coached Josh Allen to the best. But Tua right now is kind of predictable. And at the same time, they're just ready and waiting. You've heard several stories about Miami where they've got the chips put in, they're going all in, and they're willing to go in and getting Deshaun Watson. And nothing's been said yet. But you know that that story's lingering on. And so I felt like, and, and this is what's funny, the Dolphins could have easily took Justin Herbert. And it's interesting. I, I mean, it's crazy. But the funny thing is, is that they never took a risk. They felt like because of how conservative that Justin Herbert was playing in Oregon, they never took a risk. I'll guarantee you, if Justin Herbert, you plug him into this Miami offense, they'd be going in, they would have been in the playoffs last year and they probably would make the playoffs this year. Now I have a concern. It's not to say that this is not a good football team because it really is. Brian Flores is a smart head coach, but does not have the special quarterback yet, which we all said in 2019 after winning five straight games that he deserves. He deserves a special type quarterback, but maybe two is not the answer. And the funny thing of it is, I've said this about Alabama quarterbacks. People have given me com comments about that, but it's true because one, what I watched at quarterback was Greg McElroy when Mark Ingram had his Heisman Trophy year there. Then there was A.J. McCarron. What happened to those two? Transitioning from college to NFL is not easy. After that, they transitioned, and A.J. McCarron is still a good high-end backup, not good enough to be a starter due to injuries and a lot of things. But then also, um, Greg McElroy disappeared. Then in comes Jalen Hurts, who then transfers to Oklahoma. And right now, he's got a really good offensive system with the Eagles. So there's an exception rule. Tua was really good in college, who stepped in, and they benched Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts transfers to Oklahoma, and then Alabama's such a good team. Until the hip injury. Now he looks predictable. Mac Jones, I had a lot of questions for, but you know what? He's in the best situation in New England with Bill Belichick. And that's because sometimes in big-time schools like Alabama, it's, it sometimes is hard to predict because you never know if this kid's a, spla you know, a splash hit. But you got to have a sense of direction. And I think Mac Jones does. Tua, at this point, you could try to get a lot out of him. You could win games, but you won't win big games against Kansas City, Buffalo, Baltimore, um, and Tampa Bay. You just you can't. You got to be special at quarterback to make it happen. And here's the second team. The second team right now that I said this to my good friend EJ Bryan, who covers up on, on Colts on Colts content. I mean, this team has had no luck at quarterback since Andrew Luck retired. They've had no luck. Now I'm hearing Carson Wentz is going to be out because he hit here 
both of his ankles. <laughs> and Eagles fans are constantly smiling because they felt like that they got out of a trap. Listen, understand one thing, folks. Carson Wentz is not that bad of a quarterback. He is talented. You know what limits him from a lot of opportunities? It's his recklessness. He's a reckless quarterback. The fact of the matter is, you know, he, he he's throwing, he's throwing sideline passes. He's throwing behind the back. He's doing all this other stuff, and only reckless play, it, 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 it reckless pe- play can only get you so far. But he has a talented arm. He's accurate. He's so many things. And remember, Sam Darnold moved out of the Jets to go to Carolina, and look what's happening there. Carolina's looking really, really better with Matt Rule. And Sam Darnold coached himself out of recklessness, and he's got great weapons. Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey. He's out of that complete scenario, like that complete circus show on the Jets. Yeah, like what's funny about this is, is that Wentz, is that Wentz, like, he gives me serious anxiety now than any other quarterback I've ever seen. Carson Wentz is probably the most reckless quarterback out of everybody in this league. He gives me serious anxiety. We thought Cam Newton was bad, but Cam never really was accurate of the football. And not to mention he had a shoulder surgery. So that kind of limited things. But at the same time, he was always running. He got hit. It's... I I don't get it. I don't understand it. You know, it's crazy. And so at this point, the, the, the Colts, this is what's funny. If Andrew Luck did not retire, the Colts would have made it into the postseason in these three straight years. After 2018, when everything started to come together, yes, they lost to Kansas City, but they didn't lose hope. They have a better offensive line. They had a really good straightened-up defense, and they even had a couple of really good offensive players. Michael, if you put Andrew Luck right now into this Colts offense with Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, and a bunch of others, and even Zach Pascal has been having a really good season, like, this Colts team would not have this problem. But since, since the retirement, you've trusted Jacoby Brissett, who only wins you games but not the big games. He's a high-end, talented quarterback. You had Phillip Rivers, who was on the tail end of his career and only shot puts the ball. He can't throw deep like he used to. And now here we are with Carson Wentz. (laughs) Injury brittled. Listen, guys, Chris Ballard is one of the smartest general managers in the NFL. He's not an idiot. He saw this whole thing. And you know what's lingering in his mind? How is this going to work and not just a long-term, but for the first two years. He gets more of this. They're not going to be hit hard with the cap hit. They may go by two years and let him go because they're waiting to see exactly what the next quarterback product is going to be. So overall, I I, I mean, I, I love the Colts. I really do. And I still do think they can win that division in the South. But problems like this without, without, um, Andrew Luck kind of makes it hard for them to really make it over the top because this is easily a playoff team, folks. This is easily a playoff team. I'm looking at the, the, the top to bottom of this roster, and it pains me to see this. 
So, you know, like I said, no luck at quarterback for the Colts since Andrew Luck retired. Carson Wentz is absolutely the most reckless quarterback. I had defended Carson Wentz a couple times, but now at this point, injuring both of his ankles, don't even know what's going to happen now with as far as his future. He's such a damn good quarterback, but it gives you so much anxiety when you watch him play. You seriously do. And I don't know. I don't know what you do with that. Miami, take a risk. You've got such a really good team. Take a risk. But at this point, if certain news comes back about Deshaun where he's cleared, I guarantee you they'll put the pieces in. Like those are two teams right there that could be playoff games, but there are certain things holding them back. The quarterbacks, both of them. But the only difference, the Colts have a long-term plan. Miami put this thing together and they're just basically going, um, we got to win. We got to win. We cannot waste time. Uh, Time now for the hot press. Oh, man. So, um, tour right. So, like we said before, um, so the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what's kind of interesting, and when you look at the secondary, so uh, Bruce Arians ended up having a conversation talking about the, uh, the Buccaneers who have actually reached out and had a conversation with former 49ers corner uh, Richard Sherman. And because now with Sean Murphy bunting, he's been put on injury reserve. They're going to be looking for another secondary. But Richard Sherman... Um, right now, as we mentioned the last time that we've heard stories from him, he was dealing with a personal issue. Um, and I think a lot of that kind of cleared up, but we're not sure. So, um, Sherman right now still is dealing with legal issues that he's sorting through. He was arrested in July in a connection to an incident at his home, um, at the home of the wife's parents in Redmond, Washington, where he was charged with five misdemeanors, including two counts of domestic violence. So, the Tampa Bay Bucks have been reaching out to him. I'm not sure how serious that this is, but they're reaching out trying to get themselves a corner because knowing that they're losing Sean Murphy bunting kind of hurts their secondary's chances. But um, I'm not sure that this might pan through very easily. So it'll be interesting. So um, reports now from the Chicago Bears after what happened with Andy Dalton uh, and they bring in Justin Fields. So the Chicago Bears uh, say that their quarterback, Andy Dalton, does remain their starter if healthy and early tests showed no ACL tear. So after the victory 20 to 17 over the Cincinnati Bengals that um, Matt Nagy confirmed like he declined multiple times. Uh, whether or not if Andy Dalton would remain the team's quarterback if he's healthy. So uh, Nagy did make it clear that he's going to be the starter. But, you know, I I look at this Chicago situation, and first and foremost, the offensive line is still young and at the same time needs to develop. This thing needs to cook, and it hasn't really given it enough time to cook. Justin Fields, by the way, when he came into that game, he had a pick and was doing all that he could. So it... This is interesting, you know, and, and, and you know, you, you kind of think about it. And, and, and one other thing, and, and by the way, t- turn into uh tune into Mal Gooley at the Gooley zone, because he's a diehard Chicago fan and he's got a lot of really good Chicago bears content. Cause he's going to be talking about this tomorrow, but uh, you know, if you're the bears, what do you do? Because 
Justin, Justin Fields, out of all the quarterbacks in this league, I have so much fear for. Because, one, that offensive line. Two, they got to play aggressive against that bear against that Browns defense next week. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all clicks and plugs away, but um, it'll be interesting. So uh, bad news for the Houston Texans as well. Um, David Culley said that Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson won't be active Thursday night, uh, especially with Tyrod Taylor, who's due to, uh, who is day to day with an MRI. So it's been uncertain to see exactly what will happen. Uh, with Tyrod moving forward. And uh, Tyrod, who was replaced by David Mills, Davis Mills, to start the second half of Sunday's game. He was injured with a hamstring, running for a 15-yard touchdown midway through, and that finished up the day for him. And David Culley said this, and I quote, something happened on the touchdown. It wasn't to the point where he felt he couldn't go. The way he is, he never said anything to anybody. I said, look, we're going with Davis. I said this, uh, this is for the long haul. This is not for the short, for the short haul. So Davis Mills, who had completed, he had completed eight of eighteen passes for 102 yards with a touchdown and an interception, and the Texans lost uh, 20, uh, 31 to 21 against the Carolina Panthers. So again, the, the the Texans are actually playing decent football for right now, which is I, I was kind of surprised of. They're not going to be a team that's going to be easily to put away. So be careful of that, folks. But still, this quarterback situation with the Deshaun Watson thing on legal legal issues, Tyrod Taylor with a hamstring injury. Uh, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of bad news right now for the Houston Texans. So it's going to be tough to see this go through. So ultimately, you know, we'll see what happens in the coming days. But this is this is bad. This is absolutely bad. So, um, by the way, I mean, there was a lot of things like, uh, so we got two, like we mentioned about earlier with the Miami dolphins, uh, Brian Flores and Tua right now is day to day with a rib injury and will fuller, uh, is back with the team. So after being knocked out of a brutal loss, 35 to nothing, um, in that game, uh, he was hit by AJ Epinesa that he was carted off right after shortly after the game and uh, was taken out. Jacoby Brissett ended up throwing for 169 yards with an interception um, coming into his presence after Tua being hurt. So they said he's still in a good deal of pain today, uh, undergoing further tests, following up with an X-ray as the rib word came back negative. So this is what Brian Flores had to say. Tua is very tough. It's not a question with him. He's a tough kid for sure. If Tua can go, He's going to go. That's just the type of kid that he is. As I said, I mean, this is a tough situation if you're the Miami Dolphins. With Tua's rib injury, good thing that, you know, like he's still in a good amount of pain, but x-rays are coming back negative. But still, I I have anxiety for this. I have serious anxiety for it because the Dolphins are such a good team. They could look like a much better team with a special quarterback. But at the same time, not sure what you do with this Tua situation. So at the end of the day, I think the safer way through, you got next week, so you might as well start Jacoby Brissett next week and rest up to it while you can. So that was the hot press. Answering up a couple of questions from here, Pat, my pops is doing really, really good. He's actually coming off of PT. 
uh, actually as well. He's been getting bigger. He's been getting stronger, healthier. And by the way, he started the keto diet and great things for him. He's already lost 25 pounds. I mean, someone that started at 285, um, dropped 25 pounds in the span of a month. He's been doing really, really good, Pat. So I really do appreciate you checking in, man. Always checking in and making sure he's good, but he's been doing very, very well. So um, I just want to say this real fast before we go back into break and we're doing our quick recaps. So our quick caps, as we always have them, we recap every game in the NFL and um, we'll see what happens. Like I'll tell you exactly how I sum it all up. I do really think that you could sum up games very succinctly uh, in certain headlines. So I'll have quick caps here, but I want to say this. There was one other game that I think at the end of the day, this, this era of this era of this team is over. It's absolutely over. So the Las Vegas Raiders improved two and O after a big time win against the Pittsburgh Steelers and against big Ben. Let me enlighten you with something here, folks. Because Pittsburgh has been coddling this for far too long. They really have. And people have been selling onto the idea of, oh, Big Ben, what? It's Big Ben against everybody. We don't need Antonio Brown. We don't need Labian Bell. We don't need all of this. We got Big Ben. The funny thing of it is about Big Ben in the last few years of his career. I mean, Big Ben is washed up. Nobody wants to admit it. Here's the funny thing. This happens in life. We don't take accountability in our issues until we actually thoroughly look at them and we make a change for it. The Steelers are doing the same thing. They are not taking accountability into the fact of they coddled Big Ben, selling people on the idea that, look, he's gone to yoga class twice in a week. What is that going to do for you? Big Ben is not the same Big Ben that we saw in the last couple of years. Not since winning Super Bowl 41 or, or Super Bowl 40, and not since winning Super Bowl 43. Those days are over. Pittsburgh has to think about their future. The only things they've never had problems of was a great defense, wide receivers, and running backs. I like Najee Harris, but that old line is just atrocious. But they gave up literally everybody. Alejandro Villanueva, Matt Filer goes to the Chargers, and he's doing really good on the interior end. And Marquise Pouncey, it's unfortunate with him because, first of all, he, he announced retirement. So they've got a lot to really work with. But at the end of the day, the only player that I really do like in Pittsburgh who I think is very impactful is Chase Claypool. Outside of everybody else, this is not a playoff team. And Pittsburgh fans don't want to admit it. They don't. They continuously deny it. They sugarcoat it. Listen, I'm the type of person I say, what it, I say it as it is. I'm very realistic. I really am. I see a problem, I'm going to say it. And I'm going to speak it straight to your face. I'm not going to get hostile. Because that's not the way you approach certain things. But I'm not going to sugarcoat and I'm not going to coddle on certain situations. This thing with Big Ben is over. He's washed up, shoulder surgeries, concussions, and a lot of damage he's done to his body. And he hasn't done anything like to, to really better himself. Tom Brady 
is Tom Brady is the exception to this rule. Keto, um, avocado ice cream. This is a guy that really takes care of his body. And he's going to be playing until he's probably 50. Big Ben can't do that. You can't play drinking beer, you know, eating greasy stuff, like greasy food, and not get better with your body. This is why, honestly, when you look at health, and I've had a, I've had a trainer for the last couple of years, and a really, really good trainer. Not going to say his name, but I know he was a former cop, former corrections officer. Really, really great guy. Super athletic, very agile, and he's in his 40s. He takes care of his body. Never done anything with as far as enhancements. Never done anything as far as putting anything in his body. All of this is all straight pure genetics. And a lot of that is just making adjustments to better yourself. Because that's what life and that's what our bodies are meant to do. They adjust every time. We have to adjust with it. In life and in businesses, we adjust jobs all the time. We just have to roll with the adjustment. Pittsburgh can't admit the fact that Big Ben was the whole reason for a lot of things. Lavian Bell had his own thing. Antonio Brown had his own thing. But everybody wanted to believe that those two were not sold on Big Ben. It's all Big Ben's team. But nobody wanted to admit that Big Ben was really the problems of why Pittsburgh wouldn't win big games. It's the reason that they got boat raced in the playoffs against Cleveland. And it's the reason they only scored 23 points against Buffalo, which their offense is not that dynamic. Part of it is is because he's got no time to throw. Part of it is is that Najee Harris has no room to run. Folks, I don't know about you, but this is bad. Yeah, you eat clean, you hit the gym, that's what happens. So if you're not making adjustments into your health, then Retirement's right there around the corner, Big Ben. It is. It really, really is. But I wanted to get that off my chest because, first of all, Pittsburgh had several opportunities to go and get themselves a new quarterback, and they haven't. They've slept on this whole idea. They haven't even thought about their future. Listen, the Chargers moved off of Phillip Rivers because they knew he's not the same, and they invested their future with Justin Herbert. The Kansas City Chiefs, they had Alex Smith in the works winning divisions until they said, we don't want to win divisions no more. They went with Patrick Mahomes. They took a risk and they won a Super Bowl out of it. And by the way, Baltimore with Joe Flacco wins a Super Bowl. Joe's not the same. They wanted something new. They go with Lamar Jackson and Lamar Jackson finally got his first win against Kansas City. Now he's 31 and five against the rest of the NFL. So all of this is because you have to focus on your future. You have to. Otherwise, it's just, it's not going to pan out. It's not going to pan out well. You cannot sugarcoat this any longer. Pittsburgh needs to wake up and they need to get better. So, because this, this is such a, a prestigious franchise outside of the, the, the Cowboys, outside of the Raiders, outside of just, you know, a lot of these top two teams, even Green Bay. You think Aaron Rodgers is so bad with the situation that he's got. Pittsburgh is just as worse. So, like I said, it's a lot of stuff to really look forward to, but 
I wanted to get that off my chest before we went to break. So, uh, like I said, 15% off on all merchandises starting today through the 23rd. So get yourselves geared up and we got a great list of stuff here on this break. So, um, so definitely check it out. Get yourselves geared up. Hats, hoodies, t-shirts, and so much more here on the SpotlightSportsNetwork.com on the merchandise section powered by Spreadshirt. So first and foremost, I want to thank every single one of you guys, everybody here onto the chats. We've had a really, really good crowd, and I'm very happy and excited. And I hope that this crowd will be here tomorrow night as we're celebrating the 100th episode of the Snake Sports Talk Show. It's a two-hour special event here on the Spotlight Sports Network. We'll be reminiscing a lot of really good memories. It'll be an hour celebration in the first hour, and then by the second hour, we'll have our segments and so much more. So I hope all of you guys can celebrate it with me tomorrow. Uh, that is 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'd love to see all of you guys there tomorrow for the 100th episode of the Snake Sports Talk Show. So, um, all right, so I do this thing every week now. It's a brand new segment. We did this last week, um, and I thought it was really good. Summed up everything that I said about all the teams and about all of the outcomes in the games. So it's called quick clips so or quick caps. So I'm putting on my quick cap as usual. And, um, and we're going to be breaking this thing through a, a, on every single situation and every single outcome. So without further ado, here we go with quick caps. Um, so we're going to start with a Thursday night foot, uh, Thursday night football game. Giants, Washington football team. Not that gigantic. The Giants are really not all that, folks. They scored up 29 points against Washington. And on, to on top of it all, Saquon Barkley is not looking the same with that run game. Now, part of that may be the offensive line, but this is a team that back-to-back -back weeks are facing tough defenses. They lost horribly to a Denver defense that was shutting them down to 13 points. And they managed to get at least 29. But you're looking at Washington with Taylor Heineke. They were without Ryan Fitzpatrick. Taylor Heineke looked really good. So I think there's only there's a good, good bright future and a good thing headed toward Washington. But here's the problem. After that jump from that field goal, screwed them big time. And that's what ended up costing them the game. So they start 0-2 this year, but who knows what, what fate's going to be in store for the Giants moving forward. Raiders-Steelers, steal away a win. Yeah, the Raiders came in and raided the Steelers out in Pittsburgh. By the way, I mean, Derek Carr, two-plus two passing touchdowns and 350 passing yards in three straight games. That's the longest streak in Las Vegas history. So I want to tell people right now, even for Raider Nation, enough with this Derek Carr blaming crap. Like, he's not the problem. The fact of the matter is, is that this is a different offense. You know what you're going to get with Darren Waller. And by the way, Henry Ruggs looked really, really good. But 
as I've said about Pittsburgh, Big Ben, this is they got to stop this. They got to stop the sugar coating. He's not the same. He's completely washed up. That offensive line was just absolutely having a just a, a bad day. When you've got Max Crosby, Yannick Ngakwe, and you've got the whole front seven in your face, and you've got you're trying all that you can with Najee Harris. This was not a good day for for Pittsburgh. But again, they're not scare, scoring a whole lot of points. That's what made it all predictable. So the Raiders are you know the Raiders are riding this two and zero streak, and let's see what next next week brings them. Patriots Jets, Mackin on the win. Mac Jones, I mean he 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 completely outschooled Zach Wilson, and the only thing that I could say because the, the Zach Wilson needs to make serious adjustments. Four completions and four picks. By the way, New England has already won eleven straight games against the Jets. The Jets have never won a game against New England in that span. That's without Tom Brady, and this is also without um, Cam Newton. Mac Jones looked really, really good in that pocket. A lot of really good, impressive throws. The future's really bright for him, and New England, I think, is going to be really, really good. I think they'll be A-OK. Broncos-Jags. Shut down defense. 13 points to Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. But remember, this is a rebuilding franchise. A lot of people right now are basically saying Urban Meyer is not an NFL coach. He doesn't know what he's doing. But you're kind of... But here's the thing. You're kind of... You're kind of throwing away this whole thing with the Jags. Uh, Listen, this Broncos defense, there's a reason why that they ended up getting Patrick Sertain. Knowing you've got hard throwers, I mean, you, 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 they faced, they faced off against Daniel Jones, which they absolutely put him under a whole lot of duress. Um, they faced against the rookie Trevor Lawrence, who has a really good throw, really good, you know, really good IQ of the football. Even they shut him down. They've already given up at least like twenty six points, which is the lowest right now in the NFL. That's the best defense I've seen so far. And Jags, they've lost 17 straight games. And that's dating back. Like, that's tied for the longest streak from since Detroit from two, 2007 to 2009. So this looks really bad for... This looks really, really bad for, for Jacksonville. But at the same time, it's a rebuilding team. Bills Dolphins. Whole lot of Allen. Josh Allen and Buffalo, they were annihilating. Um, they were annihilating Miami. And Tua goes down with a rib injury after getting hit hard by that Bills defense. But remember, I said this before a team that gets embarrassed like they did against Pittsburgh always comes back stronger than ever. And they did that again. Buffalo went 35 and 0. That's the largest shutout since week three in 1992. And Josh Allen, like I said, he's a really, really good quarterback. I have no problems with Buffalo. They'll still be a playoff team, but Miami's kind of panicking right now with this Tua situation. And let's see what happens by next week. 49ers, Eagles. Shining bright in Philly, 17 to 11. They got the job done. It was tough. It was, it was, it was 
crazy how like the the rest of that game went. But I liked what San Francisco did. They limited that Eagles offense, who scored thirty six last week, and um, you know Philadelphia only got to eleven. So it's interesting how you kind of you kind of looked at that from Philly's situation. Now, again, I've pumped the brakes on Philly. And I've also pumped the brakes on New Orleans, but you'll see it here in a second. But Philadelphia, they panned out a great win against Atlanta, which I'm not. I'm not betting. I'm not betting Atlanta anymore. Like Atlanta is just kind of the trap team right now when it comes to football bets. But I pumped the brakes on Philadelphia because they had a really good field day. But against that San Francisco defense and all odds, that's a you know that's a tough team, tough to go against. Rams, Colts. Colts got winced. Carson Wentz out with two bad ankles. In comes Jacob Eason now for next week. And by the way, the Rams didn't really pay, play that good themselves. Um, and, you know, and, and, and again, I think that this is all just matters of adjustments. This Rams team looks really good with Matthew Stafford. I stand corrected. But at the same time, the Colts right now has just been bad. The Colts, the Colts just have a, a no luck right now at quarterback. So Jacob Easton's going to take over things until we see what happens with the MRI with uh, Carson Wentz. But right now, you kind of know the recklessness that you're getting with him. So it's not going to be not not going to be really really good for the Colts moving forward. Bengals Bears bear down those cats. 20 to 17. By the way, Chicago's defense in that second half looked great. Four takeaways in the second half. That looked much better than what we, you know, what we saw last week against the Rams. Um, the only question is, because they still say that Andy Dalton will be the starter when he's healthy. I'm not sure about that because they're, they're it's kind of confusing right now between both quarterbacks, between him and Justin Fields. But somewhere in the middle of it, um, the Bears really got to make some serious adjustments. I mean, offensive line, all the rest of the stuff, good win, but not good enough where you're going to be facing off against most of your teams in your division, but at the same time against the rest of the NFC. So it was a good win for it was a good win for Chicago moving forward. Texans Browns. Boy, that was close. 31 to 21. Tyrod Taylor gets out with an injury to a hamstring, but Baker Mayfield looked pretty good. And by the way, um, Cleveland's been 6-0 and in games following a loss under Kevin Stefanski. So how about that? A team that followed a loss against Kansas City, that was really, really good. They get a comeback, they get a comeback win. Um as I said, Cleveland's going to be a team that's going to be really, really tough to beat in the North, but I feel like they may win the division. And that's a team, as I said, they're going to come back and improve. This is much better and much more buttoned up than any Cleveland team I've ever watched over the years. And that would look really good. That was a really, really good win. Saints Panthers. Winston lost it. Jameis Winston, everybody was like, wow, five touchdowns against... Green Bay, pump the brakes, folks. I said this over and over again because we did have our pickums um, this past weekend, and a lot of us went with the Saints. I went with Carolina, and I said this over again. Carolina is comfortable at home, and this is not 
This is not Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. This is Sam Darnold we're, tar- we're talking about. Darnold wants to prove he's a better quarterback. And I thought this, this was really good. They executed very, very well. 2-0 now in his start of his um to the start now in his career in Carolina. And Matt Rule is really loving it. He's really loving the fact that he can control the game. They're kind of coaching him out of certain situations. So he looked really, really good. Uh, Cowboys Chargers. Pen too much penalties. 20 penalties altogether amongst both these teams. Chargers with most of them with 12 for about 100 yards. Two touchdowns taken away. That was a bad, bad game and a bad break for the Chargers. Very much. This this looked like a win for the Chargers. They limited Dak Prescott and that offense to 17 points until the very end where Dallas kicked the field goal and won it. The Chargers made themselves their worst enemies. So, I mean, you cannot play like that against Kansas City next week. And knowing the core that they have, this is a much better football team. This is a much better football team. So... I think they're going to button themselves up. I think they're going to practice hard. And at the same time, they're not going to give away any more of those mistakes. And I guarantee you, because I watched that that press conference with Brandon Staley this morning, and it looks like they're not going to settle easy on that loss. They want to get buttoned up and prepared when they got Kansas City next week. Then following it, you got the Raiders. So they need to get themselves back to, you know, back to their A game. Vikings Cardinals. Big red win. So Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, it was a big time showdown between the two of them and it came all the way down to the wire and that was clutch. Uh, Arizona now is 2-0. This is a team that, as I've said, needed bigger improvements. And, you know, Kyler Murray looking really, really good with his throws. DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk. These are, you know, and, and Minnesota right now, uh, there have been a lot of talks and reports about, you know, they should move off of Mike Zimmer, but the bad break of it is is because they're not getting themselves in a better field position where they're stopping plays, they're 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 creating spaces and moving the chains forward. It was a tough game overall, but it was very impressive on Arizona's end. They needed that win big time. So we'll see. Um Falcons Bucks, Tommy. High five. Tom Brady, five touchdowns in that game. Looked very, very clean. Um, Four-plus touchdown passes in four straight games, and that's tied for the second-longest streak since 1950. Um, My God. Tom Brady, as I've said. The, 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 the thing is, is that Tom is the key piece, but what makes everything work is everyone around him. Solid offensive line. I know that the defense only gave up 25 points, but regardless of that, they were not allowing anything to get through. And by the way, one player they had in particular in that secondary forced away two balls, recovered them, and they all went for pick sixes. They all went for pick sixes. That was crazy. But um, big time day for Tom Brady. Titans Seahawks tightened up late. 33 to 30, won it on a field goal. Um, I mean, by the way, I mean, uh, Russell Wilson was very much cooking that Tennessee defense. So don't fool yourselves with that. 
Um, the other part is Derrick Henry, when they needed it, 41 touches, 237 scrimmage yards, and three touchdowns. That was big. And as I've said, that's a that's a defense on Seattle that was not really good with their run defense. I did say this, like, one, it's not going to be as easy of a game as people thought. I think it was going to be close. But at the same time, kind of a disappointing loss for Seattle. They got to button themselves up on that run defense. But at the same time, big-time win for Tennessee. It came all the way down to the wire, and they made it happen. Chiefs-Ravens, Lamar's golden moment. Lamar Jackson, ninth career game with 100-plus uh, passing yards and 100-plus rushing yards. That That's the most since 1950. But right then and there, what was the biggest play was that call on fourth down, scored the touchdown, were aggressive, and they won the game. Aggression wins certain things. That right there was Lamar's biggest golden moment. He could finally put a win in that column against Kansas City. That was a big-time win. Congrats to Lamar Jackson. And then finally, tonight's game, Lions-Packers. A game for Aaron? Question mark? You better hope so. Aaron Rodgers is 8-0 in his career record at home on Monday Night Football. And this is coming off of an embarrassing loss with only scoring three points against New Orleans. They cannot afford to screw this up. And you're playing Detroit who Detroit have had a couple of really good points, but at the same time, this is not a really good, uh, this is not a good team defensively and offensively. Um, so I, I I hope that the Packers win it because honestly, like I, I kind of get, getting into the point that if this happens again, Aaron's doing this on purpose to try and to prove a point. But at the same time, you know, it, it'll be interesting seeing what happens, you know, they're moving forward, but the Packers, they can't afford to lose this type of game, especially at home in Lambeau. You're going to have a lot of pissed off fans right there. So, um, yeah, like I said, I thought, honestly, this week was a lot of fun. We actually had a lot of really good hits when it came to our pickums, but games that kind of cost me some, the Chargers cost me, Seattle cost us the game, uh, Kansas City kind of cost us. So the last thing I need is... His Green Bay cost me that because at the end of the day, uh, that that um, like that 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 is unacceptable. Like that that was an unacceptable, embarrassing loss for Green Bay. So I better hope that Aaron brings his A game. Well, guys, as most things, as we said, we begin all does come to an end. So appreciate every single one of you guys. Have a great day. Have a great night, and we will see you guys for the special edition tomorrow night. You don't want to miss it. I hope to see all of you guys there uh, tomorrow, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, a two-hour event of the 100th episode of the Snake Sports Talk Show. It has been such a long, hard grind, guys. I, I'll i be speaking more about it in the episode, but definitely got to run. Have a great day, guys. Great to see you all there, and I hope to see you guys, um, hope to see you guys very, very soon. Take care. Have a great night, and we'll see you guys tomorrow night. Take care.